Hi, welcome to the DIY Photo Organising Podcast. I'm Fiona from Photo Helper. And I'm Chantal from Simply In Order Photo Organising. Imagine you can find any photo at any time at the click of a button. We are here to show you how. So let's get started. Well, welcome to another episode of DIY Photo Organising Podcast. We're thrilled to have you here listening to us. Hi, Chantelle. Hi, Fiona. And hi to Dala. Hi, Fiona and Chantelle. Hi. We're thrilled today to introduce a beautiful guest speaker that we have today and a very topic, a very important topic, I believe, um, that we're looking forward to jumping into. But firstly, I'd just love to introduce Dala. Um, Dala is a colleague of ours in the worldwide APO organisation that we all belong to. And oh, look, she's someone that I definitely look up to and, and enjoy getting posts from. Um, just a really informative lady that has done a huge body of work, not just in the photo organising world, um, but also in the um, professional organising world as well. So there's a lot of details. We'd love you to check out her website. Um, she has started an organisation um, that is called Heartwork Organising. So we'll put all the links in the show notes, but without a further ado, we would love to introduce Dala. And firstly, Dala, we would love to just ask if you could share with our listeners just a little bit about your passion behind your business and what got you started in this world of organizing. Oh, that's great. Thanks so much. Yeah, so my business is called Heartwork Organizing. And people often ask where that name came from. And actually, I call myself a corporate refugee. I was in the corporate world, as a lot of us were, mm -hmm. and did that for a dozen years. And when it was time to leave, I just the phrase kept rattling around in my head. I, I wanted to do work that came from the heart. And so that's where my business name came from. And that was, oh my gosh, 15 years ago. Wow. And it started out like many small businesses do, sort of at the kitchen table. And now I have a staff of, um, let's see, think right now I have three, you know, it goes up and down sort of changes, but I have just a fabulous, fabulous uh, staff of employees that works with me. Um, we're based outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So we're in a metro area and we work with people in their homes and in their businesses. We'll organize everything from sock drawers to kitchens to um, home offices. We were in a home office today. Um, we give, um, you know, we, we love working with homeowners who have cats. <laughs> we, oh. you know, we love having fun with people and their pets. Right. And, um, and so I guess what, six years ago, APO was at one of the professional organizer conferences. I go to both conferences every year now. And so Kathy Nelson, um, who you might've mentioned before, have probably interviewed for this podcast or will. I'm sure if you haven't. Yes. Anyway, so she was at um, at our conference talking about photo organizing. I thought, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll join for a year and you know learn everything I need to know and um, be done with that. And uh, and I really had no serious interest in getting into photo organizing. Well, six or 
So years later, here I am, photo organizing is one of the fastest growing parts of our business. And mm. it's so interesting. We love doing it. Um, all of my staff, you know, love doing it. We just finished a huge project with about, uh, so far it's about 15,000 pieces of um, of information that we've organized. Anyway, we love doing it. We just love helping people get to the point where they can enjoy their photos again. So, um, so that's a little bit about me. I mean, I have a book called, I have two organizing books. You can get them on Amazon and yes, you can get them on Amazon, Australia or Amazon, wherever you live, um, in all the different, uh, international Amazon stores. Uh, it's called Organizing Your Home with Sort and Succeed. And we also have Organizing Your Kitchen with Sort and Succeed. And then uh, late this year, early next year, we will also have Organizing Your Home Office with Sort and Succeed. So Fantastic. it's going around here, but we like it that way. <laughs> That's great. And we'll put those links in the show notes too for people to be able to find them easily. Great. Um, that's wonderful. Thank you. It's a, it's amazing. I love uh, I love just the detail that you've gone into and the breadth of experience that you've had too. Yeah. Um, and it brings us to the topic of today, and that really is to help people that are looking at organising them their photos themselves, but um, they've found themselves in a situation where they've separated from their partner. So like we were talking a little bit before, um, sort of like a split-fill situation somewhere where um, either through a marriage or not or just a group of people, you know, families, um, you know, there's a whole range of sensitive issues that that really brings up. But um, we find ourselves in a situation where we've got precious photos and memories and there's often one copy and what do people do? And so, um, you know, you have, we know that you've had um, firsthand experience with this. You deal with this in your business. And yeah. so we just wanted to talk about um, how you go about dealing with those things with from a digital point of view and from the physical photos. So can you just give us a bit of an overview initially? We've got a few questions, but just sort of how do you tackle these types of projects um, when they come up in your business? Yeah, so you're right. I do sadly have, well, I mean, it all turned out well, but um, I have firsthand experience going through a split uh, divorce. It's It's been a long time now. You know, it was way before I started my business, um, way before we had, we were, all, we were all walking around with supercomputers in our back pockets. But, you know, I did go there. I did lose some precious memories because, um, you know, the, the divorce was ugly and um, he did not play nice. And so I lost some some of my uh, memorabilia um, when that was the kind of thing that could easily have been scanned in today's environment and, and passed back over to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have also, you know, having that experience in my history, um, we, t- we tend to find ourselves, I think you guys have probably experienced this too, but, you know, when we find ourselves working with a client and we have something like that in our background, they tend to trust us a little bit more. And so they'll, um, you know, share with us what they're going through in their divorce. And so I have had a cl- couple of clients who have been going through their divorce and have opened up to me. And, and so we've had to talk about, you know, the nitty gritty of, uh, should I give him the pictures? Should I give him the physical picture? Should I give him the 
digital, but you know, should I should I negotiate to try and get two copies of all of our pictures as a family mm-hmm. so that we can all have them? You know, when's the last time he even looked at a picture? Does he even care? You know, should mm-hmm. I even uh, bring it up, or does he want me to go to a lot of expense? So, so in thinking of all of these questions, I kind of um, I came up with for especially if somebody's listening to this this uh, show and they're going through it right now I kind of want them to separate it into four categories. Mm-hmm. So one is legal, two is moral. Do I have a moral obligation to share or does he or she have a moral mm-hmm. obligation to share? Um the emotional piece of the puzzle which may be completely, you know, wacky or it may just, you know, it may mm-hmm. just not have relationship to anything in reality your your emotions are valid whatever they are mm-hmm. um and especially when you're going through a life change like a divorce you know your emotions are your emotions but they will change i promise you mm-hmm. um and then the fourth the fourth piece is kind of a, from a legacy standpoint or a genealogical standpoint um you know your family pictures especially if you have a long history with somebody and you're and you're going through that split um, your history isn't just your history. It's other people's history too. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the four categories that I was breaking it down. And I know we'll talk about, um, all of these on the show, but legal, moral, emotional, and genealogical. Does that sort yes. of resonate with you guys? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think it's helpful, um, even just to start before you talk about those, um, just to even think, okay, you know, just take a deep breath and know, all right, there's some practical things that we can look at and, um, let's jump right in. (laughs) What are your, what are your sort of ways of categorizing that from the legal perspective? Yeah. So again, nobody on here is a, is a lawyer, I don't think. Um, and, uh, couple of things to think about. Number one, um, in some of the forums, you know, I did do some research on this as well. And some of the forums that I went into, people were saying, do I have a legal obligation to give him the pictures or give her the pictures? Um, and the question came up about copyright. Um, copyright isn't really, I think, a factor mm-hmm. in a split. Copyright really just says who owns the original picture and who can profit from it. Uh, that's not really the same as having marital property. So I kind of think, you know, you kind of want to set that aside. Um, however, the next part of that legal equation, I think, is who has the pictures in their possession. That's that's very much a question when you go through a divorce proceeding. Who has things in their possession? And then who has a right to them? And then um, we're going to get to this in just a second. But in with pictures, you know, it's very different from who gets grandma's silver or who gets the, you know, high end electronics or whatever. There's not just one asset here. As as we know, as photo organizers, even a DIYer can do a, a decent scan of any picture or of lots of pictures. So this isn't a binary on off, you know, if he has it, I can't have it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the wonderful thing about going through a split in this day and age is you don't have to say, if you get it, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. You can say, you know, even, even if you're in a ugly litigious 
um, you know, really malevolent situation, you mm -hmm. can, through your attorneys, your mediator, your counselor, whoever you're working with, you can say, we have this family asset and I don't want to divide it. I want to copy it. And so we both should end up whole on this particular asset. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when I'm when I talk about this particular asset, I mean the photo library, the photo history or the memorabilia history. Mm -hmm. um, so let me just say that right up front. It's very different from other assets that you might have to divide in a divorce. And so I think that's fabulous. Yeah. So Della, can I just ask from your experience, have you mm -hmm. found that couples um, or, you know, whoever's going through this situation have actually written that into an agreement then as in a proceeding legally? Yeah. So I haven't had, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't had clients who I've been, you know, sort of coaching at that point in time and that point um, you know, where they're actually negotiating their divorce. But I can tell you from experience that you can negotiate anything you want into your divorce agreement. There mm -hmm. is no standard divorce agreement. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I was getting divorced, we had a St. Bernard and we had to decide on custody of the St. Mm -hmm. Bernard, you know, that's not, you know, not everybody's going to have that in their divorce decree, but we did. Um, mm -hmm. So if it's important to you, or you think it's going to be important to him, or more importantly, if it's going to be something you're going to fight about, if it's like one more, mm. you know, thorn in your side, mm. I would say go to your counselor, your mediator, your lawyer, and just say, look, I don't want to fight about this. Money will fix it. You know, let's mm. hire a professional organizer, or let's send the whole shoebox out, or let's, you know, have him or her pay me to buy a hard drive and I'll copy the whole thing on to a hard drive and hand it over. It's only money. Right. And so you don't want to be fighting three, five, 10 years from now about something stupid that could have not been divided, but been shared as a whole. Yeah. That's my advice. Yep. And so I want to talk technically just for a second about how we do that. Like really quickly, if we have time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, you know, this is, you've talked about this on your show before, but maybe not in the divorce concept, right? So, yes. um, so whatever platform you're using, if you're on the Apple platform, it's going to be iCloud. If you're an Android user, it might be um, Google Photos. You might not even be that technically adept. You might just have photos sitting on your phone or on a bunch of old computers in your home office. You know, wherever your photos are, um, all you really need is time and a hard drive. <laughs> yep, yeah. And if you can plug in a hard drive to your computer and copy over um, the, the number of folders where your photos sit, and you may not, like as you're listening to this, you may not really know where all of those photos sit, but this actually, you know, divorce can have silver linings. Splitting up from somebody you've been with for a long time can have a silver lining. And this may be one of them. It mm. may force you just to sit down and go find your photos and copy them onto an external hard drive. And that may sound so complex. It may sound like something you do, don't know how to do or have never done before. This may force the issue for you. And if you're a DIYer, you will feel so accomplished after doing it. Yeah, It's mm. literally copying and pasting like you've done 
with Word files or Excel files your whole life. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to do it, if you feel so overwhelmed, you can hire somebody. You can hire the local tech guy in your community, or you can go find an Apple member anywhere in the world. Um, yeah. So you don't have to do it yourself. And um, and it is completely doable. Yeah. So, Dala, this is, of course, you know, we're talking about the digital photos now, but oftentimes people do still have the the uh, the printed photos or bulky photo albums. Yeah. Um, what do you suggest doing with that? Because that would take a bit more time to sort and scan and what have you. Um, it does. When they're it already digital. Yeah, it does. Um, and if you've been married for longer or you've been with somebody for more than 10 years, you will have that old stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, so I worked with, a um, just as an example, I worked with a, a woman, we'll call her Susan. Yep. And on the first appointment, uh, that's what we were looking at. We were looking at her physical photos and trying to get them in order. They were all kind of jumbled in, you know, shoe boxes and mm -hmm. plastic bags. We've all seen the mess, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the first appointment, I had, I had no idea there was anything else going on. We were just going to organize these photos. And I looked at them and counted them. Oops, sorry. And um, I looked at them and counted them and estimated that we had about 7,000 photos. So I use a box, a memory box that holds about 2,400 photos. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, let me go ahead and order these, um, these boxes for you. And, um, and we, uh, sorry, my computer's doing something here. I don't want it to shut us off in the middle. <laughs> so I ordered these three boxes. Um, we started sorting her photos and then I came back for appointment number two and she was in tears, you know, at some point in the appointment, she broke down in tears and said, mm -hmm. I knew this was coming, but now it's real. I've just been served with divorce papers. And, um, so she said, I'm not even sure I want to do this project because, you know, I'm dealing with all these mm -hmm. physical photos, like you said, Chantal, mm -hmm. and um, and it's a lot of work and I don't know who's going to pay for it. And, you know, she was just she was emotionally raw, mm -hmm. like we all would be. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, but she said, let's go ahead and continue on in, in this uh, in this appointment. So then I went back for appointment number three and uh, she said, you know what? The process of looking at the physical pictures was amazing because it reminded me that uh, our kids who were at that point, uh, at the point we were working together, was they were in college. Mm -hmm. She said, our kids and looking at the photos and all the family um, vacations, it reminded me that things are bad now, but they weren't always. Like, we mm -hmm. really were happy back in the day. And the photos are the proof. So I said to her, okay, so what are we going to do with the photos then? You have to make a decision about, you know, who's going to get the photos, whether you're going to digitize them, what are we going to do? And so in this particular case, and, and there are different answers to this, but in Susan's particular mm -hmm. case, what she decided to do was to go through those, um, you know, 7,000-ish pictures. She picked out what she would call the A pictures. And, mm -hmm. and so we use the ABCs, you know, the A pictures are the ones that you would put 
time and money into putting into an album. The B pictures are okay, but they're not your favorites. And the C pictures are the ones that maybe you would can or throw away. Mm -hmm. And so she had separated during our work together. She had kind of separated the A's and the B's. And she said, you know what? He has never once asked me for pictures. I don't think he's ever looked at our family pictures, but just to take the high road, I'm going to hand him the B pictures. They were already sort of organized chronologically. She said, I want to keep the A pictures. I don't want to scan them right now. I'm just going to keep them. I'm going to hand him the B pictures, and I think he will be happy with that. And I think truly he's probably going to put them in a shoebox and put them in a closet mm-hmm. and never look at them again. But I know that I will have done the right thing. Mm. And so that was one way to handle it. Now, there are other families that when they get to this point, they um, they will work with a, an attorney or whoever and say, we're going to hire a professional organizer. We're going to have or we're going to send everything out to scan. So you take that same, you know, five to 10,000 um, photos and you send it out to scan. And it's, you know, truly, it's a couple thousand dollars. If you've ever been through a divorce, that number does not scare you because, <laughs> You know, there's so many other bigger assets being split up. Um, So it's it's really easy for some for the keeper of the photos. Usually it's the mom um, Mm -hmm. to say, here's the entire collection. I'm going to, you know, give it to somebody. They don't have to hand it over to their spouse, especially Mm -hmm. they may not want to if things are really um, if there's an animosity going on right then. They might say, look, I'm going to take it to a professional organizer. I will get an estimate. I will get them scanned and then we can split the cost or, you know, I will keep the originals and you can pay for the whole digitizing because you're asking for it. So there's a bunch of different ways to split this up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, Wonderful. That's that's a great example. And um, I think, yeah, just even looking at, you know, like you'd said, Dala, um, her saying that, you know, I'll take the high road there brings us, I guess, to our second point <laughs> that you were raising of the four. Right. Um, so what's your advice and what, what are your points that you've got as far as the second um, things to consider, which is the moral side? Yeah, of Yeah. So that moral and emotional may feel like the same thing while you're going through the divorce, but it's really not um, mm-hmm. because the, the moral, <laughs> the moral high ground will always be the moral high ground. And you may have dips and valleys, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, valleys and hills in your in your emotional state right right? Mm -hmm. um but i think the the moral high ground is look you've built this life together for however long and your history becomes your history um Mm -hmm. and i'll give you an example when when i split for my husband actually he had a uh basically a shoebox of letters from my childhood friends i never saw them again they he Mm -hmm. burned them i don't know what he did with them it doesn't you know it would have been something that would have been easy to digitize. They were letters, not photos, but same idea, same exact mm-hmm. process. Um, so I never saw that again. That, you know, it just, it seemed petty to me that he mm-hmm. wouldn't return those. On the other hand, I had some uh, some things of his grandfather's and, you know, some coins, uh, some some foreign coins and that sort of thing. I, I didn't want them, but I certainly wasn't going to set them on fire. Mm. Um, so I paid to put them in a box and ship them back. 
And, um, you know, I just always felt okay about doing that. And this was, by the way, I had no money at this point um, to do that. I probably used my last $50 (laughs) to ship them to him. But I knew that I was, I could not disabuse, you know, I could not abuse him of having these family memories. And yeah. um, and sometimes when you've been with somebody for a while, you actually assume their family memories or their family photos. So I can think of a family that I'm working with right now. They're not divorcing, but, um, you know, they are going through this huge effort to um, scan their, fo- I've scanned all their photos. I've moved everything in her family and his family into one iCloud account. Mm -hmm. iCloud photos account. Mm -hmm. And so now their histories are kind of merged. And um, so that sometimes happens with photo collections is that his and hers will at some point get merged. To pull that out is is difficult. Yeah. 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 Because I I routinely deal with collections that go back into the late 1800s and early 1900s. And when you go back that far, you're going to be picking up somebody else's history. Yeah. yeah. And just on the point that you made, Del, I just wanted to add to, um, you know, unfortunately I've been through a similar situation to you. Um, and look, I would just advise listeners if they're going through this or if they know someone going through this, you know, in that sort of a situation, say with um, with you, Della, with the, you know, with the childhood, you know, letters and things like that. I know that when when there is a split and a separation, um, you know, emotions are very raw. And so that moral ground can sort of get wavered, you know, just the, gotcha. the you know, those actions can um, be, you know, a, a reaction mm-hmm. and things like that. So these types of things, I think, even if, you know, you don't want to give them back and it is very painful and it is a, a difficult and sensitive situation just to put them aside and not make those decisions even about the photos yes. um, now, you know, at that time and, and wait a year or yep. two or how, you know, but just, um, you know, just stand on your own moral ground for, for what you say. Like, you're, you know, you're probably glad that you did do that, obviously, with your, um, you know, with his grandfather's things or some of those memorabilia. Um, but once it's done, it's done and, and you can't, and so in the heat of the moment, which may last a few years even, you know, or longer, it, it's very difficult for people to go through that. Um, but, yeah, my advice would be just to just to hold on to them then and don't make the decisions yet. Yes, mm-hmm. I would just underscore what you just said a thousand yeah. percent because <laughs> it's so hard to be there in the moment. It hurts yeah. so much. And to take that moral, you know, stand when it when emotions, like you say, they're separate, but they're overriding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those decisions. Yeah. So then, then we look at you know the, your emotional health and where you are emotionally. And um, I can think of another client. We'll call her Winnie. And um, she had gone through a divorce. She had gone through a divorce right before I met her, and I was doing some organizing work for her. She called me and said, we have to get down in the basement. We've had a flood. And unfortunately, she she had moved since the divorce. And when she moved, she put a lot of things in the basement in this rental. And, um, you know, again, emotions were still pretty raw. She didn't really want to see pictures of her ex, which we've all been there, I'm sure. Um, so all of her photos were in the basement. And it was in this rental that was kind of an old house. And she had this flood. And she lost so many pictures. Um, They were, of course, we know now that even in a flood, 
you know, not all is not lost. You can recover mm. some of those pictures. Mm. Um, but she, they were mildewed. They were stuck together. They were just in really bad shape. And um, so, so her situation was because she was emotionally raw, she didn't keep her photos. She didn't, she didn't do what she needed to, to protect her photos, to keep them mm. in her living space and keep them safe. And so they ended up getting destroyed um, kind of through neglect, but it was really because she was so hurt from the divorce. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's another, just one of many, many examples I can give you of how emotions can, um, can change your relationships with your photos as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good example. It is. And, and yeah, hard sometimes to make those decisions you know at the heat of the moment or you know ongoing but um but again we're looking you know as organizers ourselves you know our heart behind this is really to to just keep that legacy save those things you know think think ahead um right. as much as possible and that's mm -hmm. yeah, sadly an, an example of that yeah i have um another example sort of dealing with that emotional um part and it kind of goes into the I kind of called it genealogical or family, family history, family relationships, which is the next point. But, um, when I, so, so my, my story has a happy ending, right? So 20 years ago I got divorced, but I did find another love and we now have two wonderful children. And the last move that we made, which was several years ago now, um, I moved, um, I was at that point, I was a professional organizer and one of the boxes that we moved into our new home was my wedding album from, uh, gosh, it's almost 30 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And so if you remember, <laughs> I don't know when you guys, the ladies got married, but when I got married 30 years ago, um, everybody, every bride would purchase this really thick, leather-bound, heavy <laughs> album with the the uh, portraits that were, they weren't just in an album, they were literally glued in yeah. a leather-bound page, you know what I'm yes. talking about? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so just as I'm describing it, you know, you've, you've probably seen it before. If you're young enough, your parents have one. Go, go find it and look at it. It'll be yeah, a yeah. blast from the they're past. Beautiful albums. They are beautiful. <laughs> they are beautiful and they're very high quality and all of that. But I, I had this really thick album that, um, you know, for my first marriage and mm. I called my mother and I said, mom, I have been married now for over 10 years to the love of my life. And we have moved this heavy wedding album from my first marriage. We have moved this to, I don't know how many houses and I'm not doing it anymore. Mm. And I said, you paid for this. <laughs> you know, I want to throw it out. I want to get rid of it, but I feel like I need your permission. And um, mm. she said, okay, well, hang on, let me call you back. So about 10 minutes later, I guess she needed to pull herself together and have a cup of coffee. I don't know what her, what she was doing in the background, but she called me back and she said, Darla, if you're willing to, if you're ready to part with it, then I think I'm, I should be too. Mm. And so I said, great, that's all I needed. And I took one of the pages apart uh, and it was like, Oh, it was the hardest thing I had to do. It was like the worst trying to get into that leather leather bound page. <laughs> and, um, and I pulled one of the photos out that had everybody who was there, you know, all the family, all the bridesmaids, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just have one print 
from that event and I tossed the rest. So that, you know, that took me years to get to that point. I mean, that was really an emotional issue for me and for my mom. So there you go. There's another emotional story. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I, I can, yeah, I can imagine that that would be freeing. Um, and even just a, you know, a real food for thought for some people out there. Yeah. And yeah. So can I that, ask a question though? Um, yeah. you didn't have children from that marriage that came later. Is that right? Right. That's right. So it's not like you threw out you know your children's father's <laughs> wedding photo no because no in um not in actually my family and other family they um that they were like a lot of siblings and two of the siblings got divorced but they both had children from that mm-hmm. first marriage yeah um and they feel really really strongly about we wanted to put together a family album going back years and years and they mm-hmm. just simply refused to put photos in there from their first wedding even though it would have oh. been the it was the dads of, of yeah. these people right. and it's like this is but they felt really strong about it and we of course respected that but mm-hmm. what do you say to people who just want to throw everything out because they so hurt and even after you know 20 30 years it's not like it happened yeah. yesterday and they yeah. have children they kind of throw out the legacy yeah because it's that yeah <laughs> and that it. that gets into the fourth point is sort of family history slash genealogical mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it um same thing i have a, i have another client who's very much like your family chantel there's uh it's her and three siblings Mm-hmm. and all of her siblings have been divorced at mm-hmm. some point and they've all had children with the you know the first spouse mm-hmm. and i'm lucky enough to work with my client who's now she's gone back and she's done a set of albums for each decade it's been a really fun project so we did yeah. you know the we did the 2000s we did the 1990s 1980s mm-hmm. and in each of those she had to make the decision am i going to keep my siblings first spouse in the Mm -hmm. album and you know we talked it through she thought it through and in the end this is still part of your family's history you may not love that person anymore that person Mm -hmm. may be a wackadoo (laughs) (laughs) that person may be crazy and may have caused a lot of pain but in the in the end it's still your niece's mom Mm -hmm. or your niece's father you know something like that and so you know while the 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 inclination might be, can we crop them out? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just one picture that shows your history. And that's what I did with my wedding album. I didn't keep mm-hmm. it all. I just kept one picture. And yeah. I'll tell you something. My kids don't even know this part about my history yet. They're still younger. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like I'm hiding it. It just never came up. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't have a, a history prior to them because, you know, who, yeah. <laughs> you know how kids think kids don't believe that, yeah. parents are people or that teachers are people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so at any rate, I feel pretty strongly and I will have a straight up conversation with my clients often about, look, this may not have been a great time in your life, but mm-hmm. it is a part of your family history. You don't have to glorify it. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it, yeah. but you know, I, I certainly don't want to go to any expense to try and get somebody out of mm-hmm. the picture 
Mm. Um, on the other hand, I will say, funny story, same exact client I was just telling you about with her uh, siblings. Her daughter recently got married. Uh, her daughter and her and the spouse actually got annul an annulment. I don't know if you know what that is. Oh, but it's yes, a, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a divorce-only cleaner. It's like it never happened. It's a do-over. Yeah. Um, so her daughter got an annulment, and after that happened, we actually have gone in and we have um, had the you know the the angry spouse. Mm-hmm. photoshopped out of several family photos yeah. <laughs> so, but okay. but that was okay because they annulled it you know there were no children and yeah. and he was so he was so evil you know in their mind yeah. Yeah. that they just they wanted to enjoy all of the family parties that they had mm-hmm. without having to look at his face in their family yeah. photos so Fair there enough. you go yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like the modern day, um, you know, tearing that photo in half. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, but a little easier, I guess. Digitally. Yeah. It's interesting yeah, it, what you, you said before, though, about the the children, um, because I'm actually just going through my own photos from when I was, you know, in my early twenties, late mm-hmm. teens where they are obviously printed and now they're being digitized and I threw out a whole heap of photos and the kids sort of, you know, helped a bit. Um, and they're like, who is that? So they they had discovered photos of my ex, but mm-hmm. we were never married, but, you know, lived together for a while and all that. Right. And I kept like only one or two, not because I, I feel close to him or anything, not at all, um, but... Um, it's that legacy aspect it was you know part of my life and it was like for eight years which is quite a yeah time so I feel like I don't just want to throw them out because it was a part of my life and at the time it was an important part of my life so but as you do did the same with your wedding album one or two is enough we don't need more so yeah it's it's been what what Fiona said before it's been really freeing and liberating and it it felt great but you know it's like almost almost 20 years have passed since we split up so Sometimes I also think that it helps to have a a distance in between the actual, you know, when it happens and mm. just wait for a while till you are in that right space and can yeah. make good mm. decisions. But not, can... not everyone has the luxury of that when you're in the middle of, of a split yeah. up and you need to action it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I completely it. agree. I mean, having that time and distance can really give you mm-hmm. a perspective that you didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. when you were in your 20s or early 30s and, you know, emotions were always running high. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> the other thing is for us now, I'm I'm in my 40s right now. And so my volume of physical pictures, I haven't counted, but it's probably you know, I probably have 3000 physical Mm -hmm. pictures that I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with from high school through um, when we started taking digital pictures. On the other hand, and I'm not making this up, 
I have 65,000 digital photos. Mm -hmm. Now, some of them are blog pictures. They're not all family pictures. But even if Mm. the number is half that, you know, 3,000 printed pictures versus (laughs) 30,000 digital pictures. I mean, just the volume of digital pictures that we have today, you know, you're not going to go through... Um, and spend time, most people, most people will not mm-hmm. spend time paring down, you know, their history of mm. um, their digital pictures with their ex. It's just not, mm. it's just not a good use of our time. I'd rather my clients be out mm. living, you know, and those, mm. those digital pictures can just stay on a hard drive. You don't ever have to look mm-hmm. at them. You mm-hmm. know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's so much easier. Yeah. But, you know, as we get older or as we get time to ourselves or as we want to share our personal Mm -hmm. history, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I at one point do want to put together um, a book of, and my, my girls are getting into their teens now. They're starting to Mm -hmm. ask about what, what we were like as teenagers or what we were like, you know, first apartments and that sort of thing. And so Mm -hmm. I probably will put together an album at some point for them that tells my history before mm-hmm. they came along. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to spend time. I'm not going to spend a lot of time deleting and getting rid of digital pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's just so many other things that I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so what's your, um, what's your sort of experience and advice as far as the, I mean, we've touched on it. We've talked about it throughout the other, you know, throughout the conversations, but um, just in relation to that, that legacy or the genealogical side of, um, of, you know, going through a separation and, and um, advice or your comments and thoughts on that, that part. Yeah, I think that There's a natural, uh, okay, so let me say this. I think that first of all, the millennial generation is very different. uh, And, you know, you can go to, you can Google millennials and there's going to be all these articles about how this generation is different, right? I think, I think the main difference that I see is that if something doesn't exist on their phone, it likely doesn't exist in their world. Okay. So I think what that means for us as parents of millennials and as, you know, aunts and uncles of millennials is that, um, that right now, if something isn't, uh, digitally consumable for them, that it probably doesn't have a lot of meaning. However, Mm -hmm. I know what I was like as a teenager. I know what I was like as a 20-year-old person, as a 30-year-old person. You know, you're busy building your life then. You're not necessarily tuned into your family history and your genealogy and where everybody came from and, you know, the cool stories that your parents haven't told you yet. You're not really tuned mm-hmm. into that mm-hmm. when you're when you're busy building your first adult life. Um as I got more interested in that, as my grandmother got older, as she started to slide, slide into dementia, you know, mm-hmm. I got really interested in my family history and mm-hmm. um, and the stories that I knew were not going to be around much longer. And mm-hmm. so what I would say, if you're contemplating how much time and energy to put into your own collection right now is just because you're young person in your life doesn't value your collection today doesn't mean that they will never Mm -hmm. value it. 
-hmm. but they are going to want something that's consumable, right? They're going to want something. They're not going to want 65,000 digital photos of your lunch, right? (laughs) They're going to want a couple of books or a couple of shoe boxes, hopefully not Mm -hmm. actual shoe boxes. Hopefully they're archival quality (laughs) storage for your photos, but they're going to want, you know, a reasonable amount of photos that they can get their head around. And that is the same if you're going through a split, a divorce, you know, your kids aren't going to want a box full of junk that they can't understand. They're going to want, the word we use a lot now is curated. They're going to want something they can hold in their hands that tells Mm -hmm. a story. Um, You know, you don't have to tell that story right now in the middle of your divorce. But what I'm saying is hold on to your photos and your, you know, your spouse's photos, if you become the caretaker for them or, you know, any of that, hold on to that long enough for your kids to grow a little bit and right. to grow into adult people who might have an interest in that. Mm. Mm. That's a yeah. really great point. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Um, wow. That's a lot of amazing information. <laughs> that's so great, Della. I'm so grateful for your experience and your, um, just your openness to share. Um, what would, if someone's sort of at the heat of the moment and they're sort of, you know, they've, they've tuned in and they've, they've decided to listen to this podcast episode. Um, what sort of main tips or, you know, sort of highlights would you, would you give as, as advice from either professionally or personally um, that you would say just that, you know, just some, t- some quick tip takeaways that they could really use? So I would, I would suggest two things right up front. One is if you suspect that you might be splitting soon or if you already know that you are splitting, go grab your photo, your digital photos. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean I don't mean grab them as in, you know, like taking them away from your spouse. I just mean make sure you know where they are. Um, so that, you know, if your spouse does leave the property and that computer that all your family photos live on goes with him or her, that you're not traumatized a second time. Okay. So that would be number one. Um, I know when I got divorced that like the first thing I did was lock down all the, the, um, bank accounts. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing, right? Um, so that would be number one. And number two would be, you know, if you are getting, support from a counselor, a mediator, an attorney, say to the, if it's something that's important to you, if your family photos are important to you, bring it up, talk to them and not from the standpoint of I'm going to fight about this, but just, you know, is there a way, I think we can make this easy. You know, I just want to make sure that everybody gets treated fairly. Let's make sure that if there's a cost to um, either gathering or Mm -hmm. digitizing our family archive that, you know, that gets cared for in the divorce decree, you know, in the agreement that we come to so that you're not Mm -hmm. left holding the bag. Because um, I think I think not enough people actually have this conversation um, as they're getting divorced. And then, you know, it's like, right, palm to forehead later, like, oh, darn, I should ask for that one. (laughs) I totally agree with that, Dala, you know, and I really do, which is why I think, you know, it's so wonderful to have this conversation together um, because even just bringing awareness to, you know, people that are listening for their people in their world to say, hey, you know, have you thought about this? 
Yeah. Um, because it is right. It's, you, you know, it's not at that moment that people, you know, it's later when they go, oh, you know, I could have put that in or I could have had that conversation. Right. Um, yeah, so it, it is, yep, bringing that awareness to, to getting that support to, to, to say mm-hmm. something up okay. front. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, probably the last thing I would say is what my grandmother always said, this too shall pass. You know, if you are listening or you, you think you might be going through this in the future, you know, life goes on even, I mean, the worst case scenario might be for somebody that their, their photos are taken from them or, you know, they have a gap in their photo history and you know what, they Mm -hmm. are photos. They're important. Certainly I'm in this business because I want to help people you know, protect their, their memories and their, their special moments, but they are just photos and you will, you will get through this season in your life and there are better things around the corner. That is, that is for darn sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. That's a perfect way (laughs) to wrap up. I think our, you know, our, our advice and our thoughts on this and, um, and look, Della, we're just so grateful for your insight. Um, thank you so much for joining us on our DIY photo organizing podcast. And I really hope that, um, you know, that that's shed some light and just opened up some topics of conversation and some suggestions and ideas for the listeners. Um, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks thank so you much, for having Bella. me on really been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah. So look, everyone, we'd just love to um, to remind you, jump over to the show notes and you can read more about Dala. Have a look at her great things. Signed up, sign up, please, for her newsletter. It's so useful. So many great tips and and um, great, you know, uh, topics that she talks about blogging and things like that in, in her blog. So please um, go over and have a look at Dala. Um, Dala's information at heartworkorg.com. Um, and thanks again for listening. Thank you, Chantel. Thank you, ladies. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, take care. See you. Bye bye. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of DIY Photo Organizing and found some inspiration, useful tips, and strategies to support your photo projects. We'd love to invite you to pop over to our Facebook page, DIY Photo Organising, and we welcome your questions, feedback, and any future topics that you'd like us to cover. If there is someone you'd love to share this with, please click on share to help others take control of their photos too. Remember, have a look through our show notes for links to helpful information. I'm Fiona from Photo Helper. And I'm Chantal from Simply in Order Photo Organising. And remember, We believe in you and you can do this.